Let's freaking go. We're breaking it all down. The Brian Kelly press conference. And I'm going to go through everything you need to know from it, starting off with, once again, the biggest story that comes during the press conference each and every week, the kickoff start time for the next game. So not for Missouri, which will be an 11 a.m. game. The week after versus Auburn will be a 6 or 6.30 Central p.m. kickoff time. So that was absolutely massive. Um, I am a little shocked by that. I'll tell you why uh, later. I thought for sure that was going to be a day game. But once again, uh, every game in Baton Rouge should be a night kickoff. Huh? 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 But just going through everything, obviously, off the jump, Matt House is still your defensive coordinator. Um, Brian Kelly emphatically said that he is backing Matt House. Something else is 99% of the questions asked during this press conference were about the LSU defense as it should be. It was obviously a brutal, brutal showing for the LSU defense. I think that's how that press conference should have gone. Now, the next thing, we're going to go through each and every big story. Pete Jenkins is in the LSU coach's room now as an analyst. Okay, so for those that do not know who Pete Jenkins is, he was very involved during the Orgeron tenure as an analyst, and he has been hired by LSU now, I believe four times, it could actually be higher than that. Um, and he has mostly been known as a defensive line specialist. So Pete Jenkins, um, it, there's plenty of lectures you can actually find online of him talking about defensive line play and the complexities. One thing I thought that was very interesting from Brian Kelly is he said that he feels technique-wise the defensive line is behind where they should be at this point. Now, it doesn't help that Jimmy Lindsay had the situation that happened to him. So I always have been in this camp. The way that John Jancic had been moved around, hired as a special teams coordinator, but also as a Jack linebackers coach, which was a position that Jamar Kane, for the most part, just handled last year. Jamar Kane leaves. You hire Jimmy Lindsay. Jimmy Lindsay goes out. So John Jancic, whose job was special teams and the Jack linebacker, his job now is the special teams and the entire defensive line. That just never really made a whole lot of sense to me. It just didn't. And now Brian Kelly pretty much confirms that John Jancic needs help. Now, that's not me saying John Jancic isn't a great coach. It's just a lot on one man's plate, right? The Jack linebacker is played by one person, okay? Defensive line, your three interior defensive linemen, or sometimes one of those players is an end, if you will, they, they all do different things, but they all also do similar things, if that makes sense. So I love this decision to bring back Pete Jenkins, but the truth is, I would have been fine with anyone being hired to help this group. And it is also important uh, important to point this out. This is honestly a deeper, deeper cut thing. It wasn't just that Jamar Kane left. Patrick Hill, who was an assistant to Jamar Kane, also left. I believe he went to Colorado and then he got hired by the Minnesota Vikings. So we had both of our defensive line coaches go to the NFL. And obviously, Pete Jenkins is going to come in and help with that. Now, Brian Kelly was also asked about the corner safety uh, divide, right? Um, I believe it was – I don't believe who it was. Actually, I don't remember who actually asked this question. But Brian Kelly was asked, why do you have a different coach for corners and a different coach for safeties? That's honestly pretty normal throughout college football. But – BK answered, it's because they do different things, which they do, especially when it comes to fitting the run. So I thought Brian Kelly's answer to that was really good. But they also asked Brian Kelly about, well, why is it that the defense looks so unbelievably confused at times? And why does LSU's defense have such major coverage bust? I will defend Brian Kelly's answer 
with one underlying thing that was brought up on the tape, okay? Yes, it is true that there were a lot of coverage busts, including two that went for touchdowns. There was a deep Watkins touchdown over the middle early in the game, and then, of course, there was the deep, uh, well, the red zone touchdown to number 19, Wade, which was the thumbnail image of the film study yesterday. Now, like I always say about the film studies, I am not privy to all the information the coaches have, okay? Um, They have all these different angles, all 22. They know the assignments. They know who should be doing what. They actually know the calls. I thought Brian Kelly was asked a relatively simple but kind of duh kind of question. Do you run combo coverages? And the answer to that is obviously yes. LSU runs combo coverages. Every defense runs combo coverages to some extent. But it is pretty clear that we are not working well together at all, okay? And we're going to get to all your comments in just a second. But, yes, there were coverage bust. I will defend Brian Kelly on one major point, though. Coverage busts do happen, not at the rate that we had them, but I can make a very strong case that the bigger issue was the tackling. Um where guys were in positions to make plays as just tacklers. The Denver Harris missed tackle was huge. Um, that would have ended the game. If he makes a tackle on third and seven, that or third and 11, it makes it fourth and about five or six. You have a chance to stop them on fourth or five or six, or they might punt. I doubt they do. That ends the game right there. A tackle ends the game. Not a coverage, not anything like that. But Terrence Welsh had some absolutely massive tackles missed. Now, the one thing I wish would have been asked in this whole press conference, and this honestly is just a very minor, and I mean minor thing, all right? I'll always say this. Once again, I know yesterday's film study kind of, you know, is getting a ton more views. YouTube demonetized it, ironically. I haven't had one get demonetized, so that kind of sucks. Going to miss out on a, uh, an opportunity to uh, pay rent this month. Uh, with, with that one video, but that's okay. Um, still, I, I do want to bring up one thing that I wish would have been asked and needs to be addressed by LSU. And if there was one thing that my, I would say, I, I feel like I have a good football mind. I obviously am not as smart as those coaches, and I'm not privy to the information. But one observation that I would make that I wish would have been brought up in the press conference was the slipping. LSU had guys on both sides of the football slip all over the field, okay? Ole Miss didn't. It it was a pretty stark disparity where I would have I, – I would I didn't count individually the amount of slips, okay? Um, but there was an absurd, and I mean absurd, okay, amount of slipping going on by the LSU defense and offense. Ole Miss just did not have the same thing. And I would just call this a one-off, but now we have seen footing issues quite a bit when LSU does not play in Tiger Stadium, okay? So when you get ready for the Missouri game, and I'm actually going to go back and watch the LSU-Missouri game from a few years ago, I would ask this question. Are we ready to play on their surface? It's a turf field, by the way. There shouldn't be as much slipping issues. And what is our cleat preparation like? Obviously, you would think it's the cleats. Two players in particular slipped a lot on tape yesterday, Greg Penn and Malik Neighbors, but there was more than just that. And the Greg Penn slips were crucial, absolutely crucial. Now, he just also didn't play well at all, um, but still. Now, next thing, all right? And once again, we're going to get to your questions in just a second. Um, LSU did get back at 2 a.m. from the Ole Miss game, all right? That's a huge disadvantage going into Missouri. The LSU defense played 88 plays. That is an absurd amount of plays. 88 is a lot, okay? That is even more impressive considering the games, of course, have different clock rules. You get back in at 2 a.m., now you got an 11 a.m. kick, all right, against a good Missouri team. What I would do in this situation, 
is actually something I think that would help out both units. It kind of ties into a thing that you guys have been asking me about on the Discord and just in general. Deshaun Womack not playing a snap is nefarious, okay? Brian Kelly said, and nefarious is a strong word. That means criminal. But it is mind-blowing. I'll put it that way. Brian Kelly said Deshaun Womack, a really good question by Shay Dixon. He is available. Okay. I would have enjoyed a follow-up question. Why didn't he play? Now, is he so good that he changes the outcome of this game versus Ole Miss? No, I don't think that. I do think he is good enough that it was worth giving him a shot. And I will say this, and Brian Kelly is going to have to answer to this if Womack plays a lot versus Missouri and plays very well. The same exact thing happened with Harold Perkins versus Tennessee. You And, and once again, Womack is not as good a player as, as Harold Perkins. He's not. But it's the same line of thought, all right? Harold Perkins would not have changed the outcome last year versus Tennessee. We were too bad on special teams. We were too bad on offense. And they were they were just a better team than us at that point in the season. He would not have changed the outcome. But that does not mean that it was smart to not play him at all versus Tennessee. The same thing is true, but I would even argue even more egregiously in this Ole Miss game because it was close. It was close, and we're playing a lot of snaps. And it's not as if he didn't make a huge freaking play in the Arkansas game the week before. Okay? Deshaun Womack being available. Once again, I I did a little extra digging myself. He was healthy. Okay. I have yet to hear anything, anything that he has done that would warrant him not being able to play. He has got to get some run. He has got to get some run in that game yesterday. Some. Okay. Now, is it kind of a weird fit with how Ole Miss plays and how that would work with the Jack, Savian Jones, and, and all of that? Where exactly is Womack's position? Yes, it, it is weird. It's not, it's, it, it's not actually, you know, uh, the, 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 the actual – it's not like a square peg in a square hole, right? It's a square peg in a round hole. It's kind of a weird fit. But at some point, you just got to play him in that game. I'm a little shocked by that. That is on Brian Kelly. It ultimately is, okay? I know Brian Kelly doesn't want anything to do with the defense, right? But I do think he needs to be more involved. And I do think at some point you have to say, look, this is a five-star who is here in the spring, put in a ton of work. He's been great for us on special teams. By the way, I do want to include this about Deshaun Womack, okay? I don't know him. so. You know, this isn't like, you know, a player that we've had on the show or anything like that. But I will say, when Chris Hilton had that drop, Womack went up and consoled him, okay? By all accounts, he's a good teammate. He was available, didn't play a snap defensively, okay? Um, Greg Brooks improving, that's always a really good thing. I'm going to get to your, your, your comments now. Some guys in man, some guys in zone. Brian Kelly brought up. You know, just some miscommunications there. Deuce Chestnut was uh, a coach's decision as to why he didn't travel. That's kind of bizarre. Deuce has been bad. It's just the truth. Uh, the transfer coming in from Syracuse, that's been one of the biggest disappointments. And uh, he just didn't travel. I. It's a weird, healthy scratch. Uh, but like I said last week, um, uh, it, it, I, I felt it was a healthy scratch. I'll just go like that. Now, um, we'll get to we'll get to the question. Start off with Kareem Super Chat. He was at the Ole Miss game. Sorry, you have to go and watch that. By the way, if we do get a hundo in Super Chats, we'll give out yet another Jamar Chase card. I know a lot of you are super sad because now, not only is, is LSU struggling, Saints lost to a division rival, quarterback by Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow and the Bengals are struggling. So I'm kind of down this overall as well. Uh, JD Fies locked in. He knows he has to not only beat the opposing team, but also his own defense, 700 passing yards per game. And coming, I'm going mentally insane. Absolutely. Okay. 
Now, before I get to uh, all these other comments, please be kind to one another. We're all trying to get through this uh, to, to together, okay? Michael Johnson, world-class sprinter. Welcome to the channel. The gold shoes. I'll never forget those gold shoes. Uh, Wes uh, Whitweeks is better than Tackett Curtis. Fight me. Many Louisiana fans. Fight me. I'll fist fight you right now. I'm kidding. I like Manny Louisiana. I think Tyler Singleton is going to be a really, really good player. 88 plays this a lot. Good to see you. Um, Brian, I'll try and answer the, the best question as I possibly can. I'll tell you this. I've been in those press conference rooms. It is not easy to ask a question in there. It is hard to ask a really brutally tough question. I do think Brian Kelly is a little bit more open to tough questions. I really do think so. But there are a lot of factors at play when you're in you're in the local media that a lot of you uh, it's 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 complicated. Right. I thought the questions today were pretty good. I do. The only two things I would have liked to ask was just a follow up. Why didn't Womack play? I do think that isn't the biggest issue. But the one thing I would have brought up, because I'm not sure if it, I, I'm sure LSU's staff knows about this, but. We are slipping a lot. It cost us dearly versus Florida State because if Malik doesn't slip on that comeback route, it's probably not an INT, and it's definitely not one that is returned uh, for some yardage. Uh, and I think it, no, it, it well, it did end up getting returned, but his knee went to the ground, so it it should have been a deep return. But anyway, we didn't stop him. We are slipping a lot. Malik had footing issues, I, I think, versus Arkansas. That was a slick, weird field against um, Auburn. His uh, on a slant, his, his cleat kind of got dug in the turf, and he dropped it. Um, the The footing has been an issue when we have not played at LSU. Okay, I don't recall it being too big of an issue at Texas A and M, and I don't recall it being an issue in Atlanta. Okay. Um, which is a neutral field, but obviously Georgia plays in there more than we do. Um, so yeah, it's it's that that is one thing I would love to know more about. Are they seeing that? What can you do about that? Is it just a matter because Ole Miss is a Nike school, so they probably have the same kind of things that we do. But I would study that Missouri turf. That Missouri turf has been tough on us. Uh, we we obviously had. Uh, and, and the turf didn't have anything to do with this injury, but we, we had a huge injury the last time we played in Missouri. We do have a tendency to, to, to suffer crucial injuries when we play on turf fields. We just do. So we need to be prepared for that. Now, how much preparing can you do for that? Not much, really. Injuries are mostly random. But obviously, I would go to – Mason Smith that say, don't jump up and celebrate because your foot can get caught in the turf and so on and so on. Just be careful. Um, but yes. Now, let's go to the Whit Weeks situation. Brian Kelly was asked about that. So, Whit Weeks is by far our best linebacker. The issue, Brambo, is the other linebackers really, really, really are playing poorly right now. Greg Penn, okay, so he had the missed tackle that led to Ulysses Bentley having the deep touchdown run. He slipped before that tackle, all right? If he doesn't slip, I do think he provides a little bit more resistance, and it's not a touchdown, okay? Then there was a, a long run by uh, Trey Harris after the catch, so Terrence Welsh missed the tackle, and... Greg Penn slipped again. Nobody was near him. He slipped again. He had a chance to stop it, and there was an extra 20, 25 yards gained after that. Um, and then Omar Spates is just not playing well. I don't know if it's health-related, uh, but, man, that was just a colossal, colossal miss by me. You know, I – once again, I know I have the YouTube channel. I'm very blessed to have it. I'm very blessed to think that – People think I know as much as uh, the, the coaches or, or the players. I just give you my best educated guesses. I do. Um, 
And I thought Omar Spates was going to be a really good player for us. And he he's just not been it. He's just not been it. At this point, I would do a few things at linebacker. And I know one of these won't be very popular, but now that we know, okay, and we're going to go through a few of these quotes. It's basically the same thing we've already been saying here. Um, now, that, now that we know that Greg Penn and Omar Spates have not played well, I am open, and once again, open to the idea of Harold Perkins playing the tr- one of the traditional linebacker roles up the middle. I'm open to that again, all right? Because so much of what you do as a linebacker coincides with what the other linebacker is doing, right? Penn and Spates just have not been it. So maybe Perk would look better alongside Weeks. And that would also help some of the other rotations, I feel, with where Harold Perkins is actually playing. So it's it's such a mess right now that I'm kind of open to trying that again. But a Perk isn't open to it, and it's just something that just doesn't work. So be it. But I am not sure if we can... Like, I want to try Greg Penn again because he's had good games up up until this Ole Miss game. I, w- I want to keep Greg Penn in the rotation. But I, I'm not sure if Omar Spates is, 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 is an SEC linebacker. I'm just not sure. Uh, so we'll go through a few of these. Okay. Let me address something here with, uh, with pro football focus really quickly. I like pro fo- football focus. I don't have a subscription to their advanced stats. I am privy to... What actually gets released, there are people with subscriptions that do reach out and say, hey, this is what they graded this player and that kind of stuff. Um, but I counted way more than 17 missed tackles, and I made a joke about that in, in the actual film study. But it just depends on what your definition of missed tackles are. I will say that there was a tweet put out by someone regarding a player on LSU's defense that did not have a good game, but PFF said that he did. And that is where, you know, you have to, even with me, even with my film studies, I have always said this. I am not the judge, jury, executioner. I am not the final say on anything. The point of the film study and the reason why, you know, I do as many places as I possibly can is for you to draw your own conclusions. Okay. Because, No matter what, I am never going to be a gazillion percent right on any of it because there are so many different factors that go into every little aspect of a football game, okay? But just because I say somebody's good or just because PFF says somebody is good, roll through it yourself. Go look at it yourself. Come to your own conclusions and use all that data. Have me just be a minor part in what you come to your own conclusion to. Have PFF be a minor part. Have what Blake says be a minor part. Have what you have to say be a minor part, okay? And that will just give you a better consensus on how you feel this defense is actually performing, okay? Now, I will say this. I will leave this uh, – I I will leave this for our patrons, okay? There is one player, all right? And for those that don't know, you sign up for the Patreon. You get a Joe Burrow card in the mail for me, okay? And by the way, Jaden's playing as good as Joe Burrow right now. If you want to whine and moan about that, go for it. He has been as good, okay? Once again, the final, the second to last drive wasn't good. Everything else was superb, okay? Jaden's playing at that level. But still, you get a Burrow card in the mail for me when you sign up for Patreon. There is one player on LSU's team that needs to be benched. He needs to be benched. I do not want to see him back out on the field for LSU. And it's someone that I have not mentioned at all during this live stream. That is up for you, you know, on Patreon. Okay. Sign up. Once again, it's a little bit a month. You get a borough card, you get access to the Discord, and you get a one-on-one with me. You can even sign up for it, get a one-on-one with me, and you could just curse me out for 50 hours. It's perfectly fine. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback got a lot of negative feedback after this last film study perfect 
I even had someone comment saying that they were watching a film study next to an NFL guy and they were laughing at how little I know about football. Perfect. Once again, if that's your opinion, go for it. Let's go to AP here. You know what really burns me up? Defense makes a stop on second down and celebrate like they won the Super Bowl. They give up 20 yards on third and 15. I don't mind celebrating. I just don't. The issue, AP, though, with celebrating is when you are playing a team that runs as many plays as Ole Miss does. You notice when Ole Miss makes a big play offensively, they don't do anything. They just run back to the huddle unless it's a touchdown. Okay? Now, obviously – there are some plays where you have to have a reaction. If a quarterback who runs at best a 4-9 hurdles somebody in the open field, if you don't have a reaction after that, I don't believe you're a human being. So Jackson Dart needs to celebrate after that. It was also a play to end the quarter, so then it helped out. But still. But there is one player that must be benched right now. I don't see a way forward for him. I don't. And it's someone that I thought was going to be pretty good. I, I, I honestly, I, I think I think so. All right. Now we keep it going. Once again, this is confirmation that the Deuce Chestnut was a healthy scratch, like uh, we reported last week. Now this is the injury report from Brian Kelly, Chris Hilton, Aaron Anderson, Omar Spates is questionable, probable. Kyron Lacey, Javen Nicholas. Okay, so David Nicholas is a walk-on receiver. I think plays some special teams. Kyron Lacey, probable. Um, Chris Hilton, of course, got hurt on the final play. Really valiant effort for him to jump up there to try and catch that ball. I still think he could have gotten it. Um, I'll say I'll, I'll say this about the Chris Hilton play at the end. Was he pass interfered with? Yes. Yes. Does BTJ or Malik Neighbors make that catch? They do, even if they're getting in- interfered with. Um, that is not Hilton's game. Hilton's game is not a contested catch player. I, I honestly don't know if he's made a contested catch at LSU. Um, he's been. He, he obviously took a step forward this past week. Huge drop though in the first quarter. Huge. Aaron Anderson, um, man, he ended up being a. a, a Bigger loss than I thought in this game. And I know that sounds weird, but does he drop some of the passes that Kyron Lacey dropped in this game? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now, that final drop by Kyron in the fourth quarter was actually a good drop and just a bad ball by Jaden. I can understand Kyron making that drop right there because he knows in that situation he has to get out of bounds. And he was probably like just he was probably in between thoughts in that spot because he knows if you catch that and you fall in bounds is crucial, absolutely crucial, but you still got to catch it. And Omar Spates is questionable. Okay. Uh, I was shocked that he started. Let me put it that way. I, I, I got the idea. I get the line of thinking of starting him in that spot. Um, but still it was interesting that Brian Kelly, you know, issued that injury report and said uh, at the same time, Ashton stamps, and Zy Alexander were, were out for a little bit, but they weren't a part of Brian Kelly's little injury report still. Uh, that doesn't mean that these guys still aren't banged up. I think these need to be your starting corners right here. Ashton, Stamps, and Zy Alexander. I do. Um, so, yeah, once again, Brian Kelly showing confidence to Matt House. And there you go. Okay. Pete Jenkins, and then obviously this is a – the big story here. And I'll touch on this quickly and then get back to a few more comments here. All right. I am shocked, shocked that the LSU Auburn game is a night kickoff. And it is further proof that LSU out of any team in the SEC has had the most luck when it comes to 11 a.m. kickoffs and avoiding them at home. Okay. So the way I understood this, and, and I predicted before the season that LSU-Auburn would be a day game, okay? But the way I interpret how this preseason scheduling was going to work is CBS on this October 14th week would get the first and second pick of who they actually want to play in these games, okay? 
So the fact that CBS chose Georgia and Vanderbilt over Auburn at LSU is baffling to me. Okay. Now, once again, Georgia is the biggest brand and the best team uh, here, but Vanderbilt, do you think people are really going to tune in at 11 a.m. for that game? Very interesting. Auburn LSU being a night game is huge for us. Love that. Absolutely love that. So, and I love that because we have a lot of PHLers going. I'm on the fence about actually going. Now I really do want to go. Um, so, yes, LSU-Auburn, night game. I honestly thought this was going to be an 11 a.m. kick. I thought Tennessee-Texas A&M would be the CBS 230. Um, I, God, God. I, if, if it worked that CBS got the first pick and they chose Tennessee and Texas A&M, and ESPN got the second pick, and they chose Auburn at LSU, that would make more sense. But, man, that was weird. Very, very, very weird that we avoided the 11 a.m. spot there. Absolutely crazy. Okay? Absolutely crazy. Well, that's the point, H-Town Creole. That's the point. All right, I'll touch on this, all right, the Durante Jones situation. Was it given a fair shot as defensive coordinator house needs to go? All right, two things can be true at once. None of the coordinators were given the proper chance to succeed in that final year. None of them. And they all got a raw deal because Ed Orgeron had one foot out the door. Okay. It's just how it is sometimes, right? You know, Durante was really good when the defense got mixed up uh, towards the end of the season. You know, I there's just so many things about that year that was just weird, okay? Uh, you know, we could get into all the different court. It's so yesteryear, I don't really care. But, you know, I, I'll share something that's been in my inbox consistently. Durante Jones and Corey Raymond need to be back. Really? How excited do you think they would be to come back and coach under someone who's already fired them? It doesn't make sense. It 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 just doesn't make sense, right? Um Matt House needs to go, is what you follow up here with. I can assure you that Brian Kelly is furious with Matt House. I think he's been furious at Matt House since the Florida State game. I really do think so. I don't think it's time to move off of Matt just yet. And I said yesterday I wanted to sleep on it. Did Matt House call a good game versus Ole Miss? No, he didn't. But one thing that I just kind of picked up on is when this defense plays, it is rare, and it's it's honestly kind of infuriating to me how much common sense we lack as a defense, all right? Now, one thing that I brought up repeatedly in the film study that I want to bring up, and it was in the comment sections, on the quick pitches to the left, which I don't think Missouri actually runs, to the left or right, They kept running it at Savian Jones's side, all right? His job, based on the blocks that were given to him, is to squeeze the play down, all right? But Lane Kiffin knows this, all right? This adjustment should have been made. It is a relative radical one. But in that instance, when you know the tackling on the back seven had not been good, I would have told Savian Jones to quit crashing down, which is what he's supposed to do. Okay. Now, one thing that really pissed me off about that, about not making that adjustment, is we know going into this game that the Ole Miss offensive line wasn't good. Okay. So if I was a part of that meeting room, I am always a believer in putting pressure on your weakest units, okay? 
Now, sometimes you can't do it, right? Like, you know, th th this question I've, I've gotten from a patron was, hey, when are teams going to figure out that we can't just throw the football to Malik and Brian Thomas Jr.? The issue is they're too good, and Jaden is too good. And Jaden throws such perfect passes now that the ball is quite literally falling into the lap of Kyron Lacey. Okay? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All right? There are instances when there are players that are too good. Quinshot Junkins is very good. Jackson Dart is very good. So they're going to make some plays. But the weakness of Ole Miss's team had been their offensive line. Alabama pushed them around. Okay? So why does this matter on the Savian Jones quick pitch play? The benefit of running the quick pitch play is the offensive line is taken out of the equation. They are only used as a decoy. So they run counter GT along with the, the, the quick pitch. And the counter is to fool the linebackers. So what the offensive line is doing in that situation, it's not – their blocking ability has nothing to do with the outcome of the play. It is used as a decoy, all right? So part of just telling Savian Jones to stay flat and forcing everything to the inside, don't crash down on the quick pitch, is it forces the offensive line to run plays where they actually have to block somebody. And I felt like we did not do a good job of using that to our advantage, okay? I would have done this if I was LSU. Force them. To run in between the tackles. And when they did, obviously we couldn't stop it because our tackling was bad. But we allowed Ole Miss to play on the perimeter just way too easily. Way too easily. And I would have just said, look, let's just force them to hand the football off to Quinshawn Quinshawn Jenkins and live with the results. And it was an issue. Okay. It was an issue. And that's why the quick pitch was so effective because it it do, it doesn't matter how good your offensive line blocks on that play. The only thing that matters is if you can get the edge. Okay? Now, I got a question here about Keon Coleman. What's up, Sip G? Good to see you. Not worried about him, but he is a very good player. No, fantastic. I think he was just doing what he was coached, okay? You've got to tell him to adjust out of it. That is something I would have done that was pretty clear, okay? I I would have adjusted that one thing, all right? And the thing is, you know that Ole Miss likes to run that play. But if I were to go through the biggest issues for the LSU defense in this game versus Ole Miss— the thing would not be blown coverages. That wouldn't be the first thing. It was the missed tackles on the back end was the biggest thing for me. Because here's the thing. What really backbreaks a defense is when you're supposed to make a tackle that would have them short of the yards to gain, but you miss it. Okay, that turns what is a seven-yard play into a 50-yard gain. And that hamstrings you as a defensive coordinator. If your guys can't make basic plays on the back end, you begin to worry. And it, it, it was an issue. I would say that's the biggest issue. And then the blown coverages, which is on Matt House, Kerry Kutz, and Robert Seeples, that's about as big of an issue. But I would say the tackling at the, at the, at the, at the is of the forefront. Okay. All right. But Keon Coleman would not have changed the outcome of that game. I'm serious. I I I mean maybe he does. Uh I mean we did we were lacking uh we we are lacking. 
Once again, uh, I will be on Blake's show tonight, 7.30 Central. Uh, it, it is not Mason Smith. Mason has got to play better. Mason has got to play better. Okay. Um, yeah, AP brings up a question here about Quincy Wiggins. Yeah, I, I I don't think he's the answer. I just don't. I mean, I think I think they would have played him at some point. If the, the issue with saying Quincy Wiggins is there is just nothing he has done up to this point that makes you say, okay, he's a guy. Um, it's different with Womack. Womack has made some plays. What's up, Andrew Zivic? I'm going to as many questions as we possibly can. Once again, I've said my piece on pretty much everything. We haven't had a solidified shutdown cornerback like years past. All things considered, Zy Alexander had a fine game. He really did. And, you know, I think the, the, the bigger question, Andrew, is why is an FCS transfer so far and away the best corner on our team. Um, now, he's not a normal FCS transfer. He's obviously a um, a really, really good player. It's not necessarily a put-down. It's just uh, a reality. Okay? And it goes along with Devin. What he said, 88 plays because they can't tackle. Okay? Let's get to a few more of these. I think Brian Kelly took a fair amount of blame there, but you know, we 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 just we just gotta play better. Yeah, can it 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 did hurt. Okay, so let's go through that sequence. First down. Caleb Jackson fresh off the bench after Ole Miss had a drive like the one that they had. Honestly, a rough decision for that to be Caleb's first play coming off the bench. Okay. Um, I think you just got to ride Logan on out in that game and uh, just, just live with the results. Okay. Good play call though. Caleb was open. Two things happened though. I do think that ball should have been delivered a little bit sooner by Jaden. He also understands that Caleb is a receiver, so he wants to put the ball right on the money, which he did. But it was a little late. There was some hesitancy, which is why our rollout to the rights were very brutal in this game versus Ole Miss. Um, You know, go through the rollouts to the right. That was our worst offensive line rep. There was a rollout to the right that was a big sack in the first quarter. Uh, That was the worst line rep. We had guy. We had both our guard and tackle on both sides run into each other, and it was an easy sack. Now it wasn't a big deal. We didn't spend a whole lot of time on it because Jaden had the QB draw on the very next play. So that was a rollout to the right. Then uh, the Caleb Jackson rollout to the right was, um, you know, a drop. And then um, I, I was kind of shocked that BK wasn't asked about this in the in the press conference. The rollout to the right to decide the game. Jaden has got to make that throw to Malik. Okay. So just in general, Ken, we we struggled uh with, with that play. And we had some good rollouts as well, but we, we just struggled with, with that action. I don't think the focus should be on, on Caleb Jackson. There is a running back that I think deserves to play less. Uh once again, that's all on Patreon, but I Truly do think, though, Caleb Jackson still needs to be a part of what we're doing. Um, He he is still very special as a talent. I still believe it. And, you know, drops and and fumbles were a little bit of an issue for him in the spring. Something else, Ken, that I do think needs to be brought up as well is drops and fumbles are just an issue on our team. Okay? Um, You know, we can't have – a team where our two best receivers also just happen to be the only guys that don't have drop issues. Okay. 
BTJ had some in the first couple of games, and really only one drop was egregiously bad, the one versus Grambling on the first drive. But, you know, Chris and and and, and Kyron, it's just it, – it's a plague uh, for, for them. Kyron just really struggles with drops, and Chris struggles with any drop that requires any resistance, right? So – it's 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 very interesting, okay? But yeah, Logan needed to be in on that play. He he just did. He just did. Howard Come on. You watched the play. It was he was open. He got manhandled because the ball wasn't thrown. Um ball should have been thrown. Uh, let's see. As far as the offense is concerned, yeah, I think too much blame is being put on Caleb in that spot. He does have to catch that though. He does. He does. Okay. Ah, <laughs> Jay Madison. That's kind of funny. Will had another good game. Emory Jones, for the most part, I thought had a, had a, had a fine game too. A few mistakes. Um, but still. Overall, another good game for the middle of the offensive line. And, and Miles Frazier has really bounced back nicely after the Florida State game. Once again, I'm, I'm not saying that those guys are like Alan Fanica, but they're, I mean, they're, they're doing good stuff. Okay? Now, here's what we're going to do. I am uh, going to take as many questions in the next five to 10 minutes as we possibly can. If you super chat, we'll keep it going. Uh, there are some things that need to get done for the SEC channel. Um, so there you go. Now, I do want to point out one quick thing about this Missouri game that is very concerning for me. But first, P. HL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. All right, so Missouri game is an 11 a.m. kickoff. I'm so glad we got the... Um, I'm so glad we got the 11 a.m. kick versus Mississippi State in our system. And towards the end, I'm actually going to reveal the major reason why I think LSU lost this game. Okay? So, LSU warmed up on a baseball field before the game. So, they, when they were driving, they stopped, got their legs loose. Um, they're coming in from, I believe, the Memphis area for the game in Oxford. All right. Where was the used car parking lot? Where was it? And it actually makes more sense than you would actually would like to think. All right. Missouri is a turf field. And that Missouri turf is like asphalt. I better see a Buick on some 12-inch rims with the rusted radio player right next to Jaden Daniels when he is warming up on Saturday. I better see those flailing car things. 
those flailing card things in the backfield. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The, the, the. I better see some guy named Rick in the background trying to hassle you with a 18% interest rate on a car with 500,000 miles on it. And he has a beer gut that is solid rock. I want to see him selling those things off the lot in the background. We better find it. Hell, I can facilitate this. If they use parking car lot that can get us a place to warm up, get in touch with me. I'm an open book. In the words of that man up north, he's coaching a college football team. I ain't hard to find. Do whatever it takes. Because our defense looked like the freaking steel curtain. I will say, and I didn't include this in the film review. Sage Ryan did have a few nice tackles after his big miss on fourth down. He had a few nice plays. Um, but, guy, he's got to play better. He's got to play better. Fair catch you? I'm, I'm okay with the fair catch when your offense is playing well. You know, part of the reason why, you know, the golden era of LSU punt returns from Chad Jones, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Trey White, Odell Beckham, all those guys. The reason why the punt returns were so big is because our offenses weren't that great. Okay. Uh, but our offense is elite. So it makes sense just to fair catch everything. Um, when your offense is playing that well. Okay. Let's go to Miss Taylor. Welcome to the channel, Miss Taylor. Our football IQ is awful. We have sense in what we are doing if we had the knowledge of the defense i think we would perform that bad it's a very good comment mr taylor i totally agree and i do think that football iq when i say that a team doesn't have great football iq that doesn't mean you're not smart in real life there have been some of the highest iq football players that have played at lsu that didn't have great Wonderlick scores or, or whatever, okay? Football IQ is different than just being smart. The issue is we, 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 we just have bad football IQ. Some of it, Miss Taylor, you are right. It is just the scheme. But some of it is just also understanding time, place, and situation. Okay, what I would do with the LSU defense, it's kind of hard to do. This is kind of a preseason thing. Um, one thing I, I truly do believe is um, 
what what makes Kirby Smart such a great coach, and I referenced Kirby Mar- Smart in this last film study, is yes, Georgia's got the best athletes. Yeah, they recruit better than almost everyone not named Alabama. But gosh darn it, all their DBs, they, they will get beat. You can carve them up. You know, C.J. Stroud carved them up. Garrett Nussmeyer's carved them up. Bryce Young has carved them up, okay? You can carve them up. But gosh, they are smart. They, to use a pun, they are smart. They understand what the coach is telling them. They play for one another. They realize they are playing for something bigger than themselves. And, I mean, Kirby Smart is just such a great teacher of the game. Yes, he's got better players. That is the most important thing. That is 80% of it. But I go back to what he said in his speech, and I'm glad Ms. Taylor brought this up. Keep your feet. Keep your feet. You do not want to go to the ground hardly ever, right? Unless you are for sure bringing the guy to the ground or unless you for sure have to dive and make a catch, unless you for sure have to slide to go pick up a ball or whatever, don't do it. Don't do it. Keep your feet. Because when you're on your feet, guess what you have? You have balance, okay? Our footwork isn't great. So you, 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 you've, you've got to play smarter. It's an issue. It's an issue. Okay? Now, Some of Kirby's players might be better served as F1 drivers, okay? But they can play. Maybe so, Brian. Um, I also think hiring him is just a good public way to say, hey, we're trying to do something. At least Brian Kelly is is – Putting forth action. But I would also say this, BT. You, you, you've you got to be preventative. Okay? You have got to be preventative. Not reactive. This is a little reactive. This is a little after the fact. Um, so yeah, what do I mean by that? I mean, well, we should have known that the defensive line situation was going to be tough. And I, I did, I did bring that up. Like I was optimistic about it, but I do think it would have been better just to have a separate special teams coach and then. Have your defensive coaches, have your offensive coaches. Pearl River Fury. I, I don't know how you can come to that conclusion. You could say that he should have ripped it to Malik, but you could also say that. You know, he's not slow with decision-making. His decision-making has been really good outside of that. But guess what? A lot of great quarterbacks don't make great decisions. That happens. It's the hardest position in sports. Okay. I mean, I I can't get over how ridiculous the final throw of the game was. All right, it was it was honestly re freaking ridiculous. Logan Dix, who is a really good pass protector, blew his assignment. 
they brought a two-man rush on that final play. A two-man rush. Logan Diggs blew his assignment, and a lot of quarterbacks would have been sacked in that spot. They would have. But Jayden had to elude that guy. And while rolling out to his left, now once again, on that final drive, he had one miss. The, the Kyron ball. But, and he also, that ball should have been picked rolling out to his left. Emory Jones got beat really bad coming off the right. You're kind of in desperation mode there anyway, so it was a bad throw. But he was given that final chance. And after, you know, the Malik false start penalty, to buy the time, then to find someone open, he could not have put the ball any better. He, he honestly could not have placed the ball any better. And if you would have told me before the play that we would have had that clean of a look, especially on a two-man rush, okay, I would have been like, that quarterback is Houdini. Jaden was ridiculously good. And, you know, whenever you talk about, like, the, the the best QB performances, you honestly have to take just all of Burrow games out. He's, like, just in a separate category. But there's not many QB performances ever at LSU that were better than that one. You know, Flynn versus Auburn was a legendary game. Um, that's definitely up there. There's so many that you can you can point to. But that is about as prolific of a quarterback performance you're going to see from an SEC quarterback this season. And I think at this point, as good as Jackson Dart was, um, Jane Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC. It is not K.J. Jefferson. He has regressed. It is not. To me, Jackson Dart kept hearing the Spencer Sanders situation. Come on, be real. The best quarterback in the SEC is Jaden Daniels. And there have been, at this point, maybe three quarterbacks in college football have been better. Maybe. Caleb, yes. Michael Penix, yes, but they've not really played anyone. Jaden's been better than Jordan Travis. Jaden's been better than Bo Nix. I'll say this. Jaden's been better than Shador Sanders, who also has to play with absolutely atrocious defense. So, I mean, you're witnessing something truly magnificent here. Truly magnificent. And if Jaden still goes on on this pace, he is without reasonable doubt the second-best quarterback in LSU football history, especially of the modern era, okay? You uh, – and and you can't – you're just honestly a hater if you argue to the contrary. And I'm a huge J. Russ guy. Um, I have a really strong mutual friend with, uh, with Burt Jones. And once again, I like to separate era anyway. Completely different era. But if he continues at this pace, let's be honest, this pace will regress some. I, I have a tough time believing that any quarterback can, can stay at this pace, but we've seen some do it. And that should be a big concern for you if you're an LSU fan. Like, can Jaden maintain this level of play? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. I am not sure. But this is breathtaking, honestly. But as Brian Kelly, Jacques Duce asked this question, the Madhouse defense was oftentimes one that, that bailed Jaden out of some situations. Um, and now it's the exact opposite. So there you go. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, post-game, post-game, post-Brian Kelly press conference. 
We'll continue to do this every Monday after the Brian Kelly press conference. So don't forget, uh, I'll be on AYS tonight. Then Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Tuesdays, 8.15, Thursdays, 8.15, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central. And uh, yeah, also want to publicly thank, um, I got to go to Oxford for a day. And I want to say thanks to Van for the opportunity. I want to say thanks to um, Ron Rosillo and all those guys. Uh, getting to hang with them for a little bit. It's definitely cool. Got to see some friends in Oxford. Got to see um, Mincy for a little bit. Got to see uh, quite a few people. I actually just bumped into Mincy randomly. I should have known that going to Oxford. Um, but yeah, got to see uh, got to see some cool peeps. Oxford's a a, a great college city. It's a great college city. Didn't get to say for the game though. So yeah. The conversation will continue in the Discord. So once again, join the Patreon. Link is down below. You could see the one player I want eradicated from the LSU defense, at least for the next few weeks. It is. Power, hour, LSU, bam. And tonight we are doing oh some. I, I think we're doing something with with beef. I don't know exactly. I see. I saw some beef being defrosted in there. Never know. Ha ha ha. Once again, thanks to our top super chatters, Kareem and AP. Let's go.